Welcome to the Dearly Discarded Podcast, where we tell the true stories of the vaccine injured that many don't want to hear. These are real people sharing real experiences, uncensored and unsanitized. Listen and learn with us as we tell the stories that have yet to be heard by those who've been discarded. No preaching, no propaganda, and no judgments, just the truth. All right, so I'm here with Juliana and Jamie, Master Antonio. Antonio. Uh, Master Antonio. <laughs> I, I was really going to do that right, but I didn't. Um, but uh, I'll fix it in uh, post-production, maybe. Anyway, <clears throat> thank you so much for joining me. We are in the Hilton uh, in... Uh, Pasadena uh, the day before the defeat the mandates rally mm -hmm. and we're all here for the same reason we want to get the word out about uh, vaccine injury and what has happened in your life your life uh, since the vaccine and make sure that uh, these stories are no longer kept silent so Juliana thank you <laughs> would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself and your story yeah so prior to the vaccine um, I was going to college full-time and I was working at a pharmacy I was a pharmaceutical tech full-time and then ended up getting the vaccine and 10 days after that I had like kind of abdominal pain and I kind of brushed it under the rug because I didn't put two and two together it was 10 days after and they said if you didn't have a reaction within an hour then it wasn't anything to do with the vaccine right. so I ended up going home from work that day and I had a mild fever but it wasn't anything like major it was like 99 mm -hmm. and so I went home and I went to go use the bathroom and I just like couldn't get up like I had fiery shooting pains down my legs and numbness tangling like all of the above and so I, I almost felt like everything was like cramping too okay and so I ended up um my boyfriend and my brother were there and so they had to help me like get up out of the bathroom because it's a little tiny like closet bathroom and onto the couch and so I went to our hospital which is it's Arnett Ogden Medical Center it's a really tiny hospital where I live and you're in New York yeah okay and I'm in Elmira New York okay. and um we were there for I don't know how long like four, a week yeah, yeah four days yeah four or five days and um no one could stay with me. I'm 19 years old, so I had to stay there by myself. Like, none of my parents were allowed to stay there. And so they basically just gave me around-the-clock pain medicine. And I was on a liquid diet. I was vomiting. It was like, it was hell. <laughs> like, it was awful. Like it. And so I ended up going home. They released me. They said that my pelvic floor um, nerves were inflamed. They didn't really come up with anything else. They didn't run any major tests there because it's such a small hospital. So I went home and a few days later, I, um, in the middle of the night, I was laying there and I said to my boyfriend, I was like, I'm like twitching and like, I don't know why, like, I think you should get my parents. Like I almost felt like I was like, almost starting to have a seizure type thing. Like my body just started like twitching uncontrollably. So he went and got my family and they all like kind of held me there. Like, and my whole body started like, tremoring and that happened for like 45 minutes and then they got me to fall asleep they just gave me a bunch of medicine and I like just went and 
fell asleep and so I woke up that morning and I couldn't move anything like I was paralyzed from the waist down and everything was going so we were like we're not going back to Arnett because they didn't really do anything there so the closest hospital that like had peds and like other things like that was two hours away okay so my mom and my grandma my mom was driving my grandma sat in the back with me and she kind of just like sat there and held me i have really bad like neuropathy in my feet so like you can't really touch them or anything without them like sending shock waves up so i was sitting can i ask how high do you feel that when your feet are touched so originally it was like to my knees okay like it was high and then now it's like starting to go from just like my ankles and down like, so it's not as high as it once yeah was. Okay. yeah it's slowly starting to go out but um that's mostly why like i mean besides the pots and everything else i can't really walk because it feels like pins and needles on my feet so yeah um so we went to the hospital there and i got admitted to the peds unit and the neurology team was on me full time that's i was on their floor and they ran a bunch of tests i had a spinal tap done and then i had a leakage (laughs) so it was like one thing after another and yeah, so I was there for like, almost, like I don't even know how long it was. There. Over two weeks. Yeah, and then they ended up going down to rehab. But the doctors there wouldn't say that it was vaccine related. The only one that we saw that would somewhat, well, he did, is when I got down to the rehab floor and it was the- Rheumatologist. Yeah, he said, I think that's what it is. But he came in once, peeked his head in and then left. Interesting. And then they wouldn't write me an exemption for anything else. They said that I don't need one. I was like, an exemption for like booster. For a booster. Yeah. Okay, that's what I was wondering. Yeah. So, what made you think that it was the vaccine? Where it did happen ten days later, what type of clues did you have? <laughs> so I, prior to all of this, a few years ago, I had chronic Lyme disease, really, really bad. Oh, okay. And so my mom is like the expert of me. I feel like <laughs> like. She does all of her, like, digging and all that stuff. And so she kind of put two and two together. And at first I was like, okay, maybe it's, like, a Lyme flare-up or, you know, something to that nature. And even the doctors wouldn't say it was that. So it was all – and my mom was, like, maybe Guillain-Barre, but my yeah. um, my reflexes were hyperextensive, and they're supposed to be, like – slower yeah Yeah, it's more of a paralysis yeah but i have like clonus and stuff in my feet so they're very reactive and interesting yeah (laughs) like if you lift her leg it just quivers where normally it would just be like dead weight right you know with with the alien bird right so Mm -hmm. okay so then let's turn it over to mom here for a second um what from your viewpoint what was that situation like during those first few weeks or so when you were trying to figure out what the heck was going on uh, it, it's very traumatic. You know, it's heartbreaking. It's scary. Um, she's had the chronic Lyme before, which she kind of had similar symptoms to. And um, looking at like the neurological aspect of it, like something is attacking attacking her neurological neurological right. system again. You know, and to watch her child go into what looks like a seizure and they're like well that's not a seizure and I'm like okay well what are you going to do to help her because she I had one while I was at um Syracuse and my nurses were fantastic the doctors not 
so much unfortunately but the nurse came in and i was having a tremor episode while i was there mm. and so like i just couldn't it went on over an hour mm-hmm. and so the nurse came in and she sat with me and like tried comforting me and stuff and she went to get the doctors and it was it a resident mm-hmm. came up and he looked at me and i can somewhat like speak through it it just gets really choppy like okay. yeah and i get like out of breath and stuff and so I was like, what, like, what's happening to me? And he was like, I don't know. And I was like, well, what are you going to do about it? And he was like, nothing. And like, I'm sitting here in so much pain. And he was like, okay, well, I'll go get the other doctor. And the nurse went out, and he went on a different person's chart and never got the doctor. Wow. So <laughs> do you feel – what were your thoughts, first off, going into the vaccine? Were there any concerns, or were you gung-ho, or where were you at on all that? So I'm a pre-med student at my um, college, and okay. I was going into integrative medicine. And oh, okay. So with my Lyme, we cured, cured it, put it in remission mm-hmm. through naturopathic medicine. And so awesome. my doctor originally was like – I don't think you should get it. She was like, there's a lot of people that have had Lyme just as bad as you and are not having great reactions to it. She Mm -hmm. was like, I don't know yet. I'm not going to tell you not to do it or to do it. Like, it's totally your choice. She was like, but just be cautious and think with your gut. Like, go with what you feel inside. And so I had the biggest scholarship that you could get to go to RIT for engineering originally. Mm. And I had a medical exemption and they declined it okay yeah so i did a philosophical one they told me to fill one out and so i did and they said that i could come but at any point they could kick me off campus and i would not get my money back and all of my like grades and credits would be lost if there was any type of COVID outbreak. yeah which there was so yeah Yeah. so i ended up going to the college near my house and um they accepted the medical exemption okay and so I was getting um, tests once a week, and they were giving me bloody noses. Like, they the, were sticking the, it up so far. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And it was giving me bloody noses. And so then I talked to my neurologist that I have been seeing for a long time and my um, primary care physician. And they were like, no, you should be completely fine with getting it. Like, i 99% sure that you will never have a reaction to it. Like... You don't, you've never had one before, like it should be fine. And so I was like, okay, like I'm trusting you, <laughs> like right. I'll do it. So I did it and. Yeah. Which vaccine did you get? The Pfizer. You got Pfizer, yeah. just, it was just the first one? The second. It was the second one. So the yeah. first one, there weren't any issues that you were aware of? I had a tailbone injury and a spinal, um, like a disc bulge before, like uh-huh. a few years ago. And so it started aching again, but I didn't correlate it to the vaccine. I thought okay. like maybe I just had tweaked it or something but at least no major issues yeah no nothing like the second one the second one was how long after um like three four weeks no it was well in between the shots is that what you're asking yeah okay between the shots yeah three weeks three weeks yeah so all right so then um with having that integrative medicine experience which so many people getting vaccinated that i've talked to had never looked at anything integrative at all, you know, prior to that. And of course that's more my background. Um, having the hesitation, the reservations, I guess you basically felt pressure to do it because life was a whole lot harder if you didn't. Yeah. And yeah. And like working at the pharmacy, I would have to also get two tests a week because they wouldn't accept like the one. Yeah. It was 
So I, at that point, I was like, you know what? Like, if my doctors are telling me that I'll be fine and I need it to be a normal human, I'm just going to okay. do my part and get it. So where are you at with your health now versus, first off, what month did you get it? I got it in December and then the second one in January. December and January. Okay. So, yeah. so we're all the way at, uh, what, 14 months? No, oh, she, this, this is just three months ago. Oh, we're talking two months ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yep. So Crazy. she's three months So you're just yeah. into this thing. Yeah. All right. All right. Okay. So then the next question I have, because that changes things a little bit in my thought process. Um, how did you... Or when did you discover that there were so many other people that were dealing with these same types of symptoms? So for me, like prior to getting the vaccine, I did a lot of research on like which one that I should get and like just trying to dig up like information of what I could find and like if there were people like me and how they reacted to it. And I couldn't really find much information. People with yeah, previous that, limes. That, yeah, okay. yeah. And so I was like, okay, so I that was fine. And then after... I haven't had the as much courage as my mom has had when it comes to like looking into things like my attention span is like cut slim try like I just I sleep like all day long so my mom was the one that was able to find these different groups and get okay. me connected with different people and when you discovered that there were thousands of people <laughs> in your shoes uh, what was that like how did you feel very frustrating especially to know that like they didn't like aren't able to get their voice out and heard. Right, because you were looking, right? Yeah. You were looking for information and <laughs> yeah. they've been censored everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and a lot of people have followed my journey like from my hometown with my Lyme and everything. And so knowing that I was hospitalized again, they were following that. And then like once I had said that it was the vaccine that caused it, because we did have a um, guy, a doctor who ran the clinical the trial, yeah. and he told me that it was from the vaccine. like actually did which i was surprised about that ran trials for pfizer yeah in moderna really? okay. yeah and so he told me that and so i ended up telling them because my dad was posting updates on facebook because i had to relearn how to walk and like obviously i can't really do it as well as i could but right. um and so they once that was like put like facebook kind of like put a stop to it and like blocked people from being able to see my father's posts and then were they were wondering like what happened and they couldn't see it. Couldn't even yeah. get the word out. Yeah. <laughs> so now here we are in LA on the eve of the Defeat the Mandates rally. Um, I'm assuming that you're, well, I'm not going to assume anything. Why are you here? Um, to get the word out. I mean, right now I don't have much. <laughs> We're in a hotel and there is vacuuming happening. So uh, I don't have much going on in my life rather than sleeping. I can't do college right now and I can't do work so it's like I want to be able to make a difference and show people like the truth and show them what's actually happening so they can make the choice themselves. How's your health right now versus a couple of months ago? A couple of months ago I was working out every day, I was meditating, yoga, going for runs, <laughs> full-time job, school, everything. So post-Limes you were pretty much yeah, totally good. Yeah, so I worked with my infectious disease doctor. She got me on a good regimen and an um, apothecary near me. They gave me a bunch of tinctures and then I had a pick line in for a while and since then I was like way better. Like it was like a world of difference. and. Yeah, so it's very frustrating having to go through this again. <laughs> I mean, this time it's a little bit worse, but... But yeah. reminiscent, at least, <laughs> yeah. for you. Yeah, yeah. And for you, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. It's like, 
enough's enough. <laughs> Do you have other kids? We, yeah, she has a brother who's 14. Okay. It's it's hard. We were talking about it the other day. Like I said to him, it's stressful for all of us. You know, like we're all on edge. We're all worried. We're all not knowing what to expect. You know, he said to me, do you think you're, do you think Jelena's going to get better? And I said, I do think she's going to get better, but I think it's going to be a long road. Yeah. You know, I just, unfortunately, there's no quick fix. Yeah. What are your thoughts in terms of your recovery? What, what do you believe <laughs> is going to happen at this point? Well, I'm faithful. So I, you know, I pray and I hope and <laughs> I pull at any strings that I can get. Um, I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, for I always used to think like everything happens for a reason, but like it's hard thinking that this has a purpose behind it because it's such an awful thing for anyone to have to go through and to see my family hurt from my hurt is hard. But I think that I will get better through time. I believe so too. (laughs) And I believe that believing that you'll get better is is really the first start or the first step in in that process for sure. And you know, it's, I, you've heard me interview the last uh, guest (laughs) that I had on Nikki. Um, I just keep getting this vibe from people who've been injured by these vaccines that you've, you've got this energetic vibe that I can feel, even though I know physically you feel tired and weak and yeah. <laughs> pain and these things, but you come off with a, a lot of energy and a lot of hope. And it's it's beautiful to see because I don't know how I'd respond in the shoes that you're in. Yeah. Um, so I, I appreciate Thank that you. because I think that encouragement, that coming from someone in your shoes, um, in your position, dealing with what you're dealing with, being able to encourage others who may be dealing with these types of things. And even if, even other people who are ill for other reasons, yeah. you know, not having to do with the vaccine, there's, there's so much value in that. And so I, I appreciate you being willing to get the message out. (laughs) What is your hope uh, that will happen with this story being told on on this podcast and other places that you've interviewed? Well, so for one, I want, again, to spread the awareness to people and know that there is choice behind it, even if it's hard to see that choice, because I wish that I would have fought a little harder to have that choice. And I hope that we can stop the mandate and make it so that that choice is easier for people to make. And I'm hoping that I'm able to meet more people like me and be able to maybe find a different regimen to help me because at the moment I'm kind of stuck. Um, And yeah, maybe I'm hoping that it will bring me down a different path in life that I wasn't expecting. Well, let's let you and I talk after this because I have some ideas and and have, I believe I've I've found some things that can potentially be helpful for you, okay. and we want to talk about those things on this podcast too because really what this podcast is about and and now I'll say my piece for just a minute is mm-hmm. really getting these stories out. These are valuable important stories in real people's lives, real people with real families uh, that love them and care about them. And and I want to say this because I think this is really important. Here we are, uh, it's April 9th, uh, 2022. We're in Los Angeles. I come from Utah. You come from New York. Um, you traveling right now is much more difficult than me traveling. <laughs> yeah. But even me traveling, I had to, you know, mask up and do the thing that, we, that we've all been forced to do over the last couple of years and I think people have gotten to the point right now where I think the country at large thinks COVID is over 
right? <laughs> is, is that the feeling you get? There's a war yeah. on, COVID's over. It's almost like it just went away, magically. Yeah. <laughs> and yet, it hasn't gone away for you. No. It hasn't gone away for you, right? And these, the reason we're in Los Angeles, um, as, as our friend uh, Del Bigtree said, is we're entering the belly of the beast because they've got 10 bills that they're trying to pass okay. here uh, to allow kids to go get vaccinated without the consent of their parents, to have kids five and over be forced, you know, mandated to be vaccinated with no exemptions whatsoever. It isn't over. This fight for freedom isn't over. And, and it's important to understand, too, real life challenges like this um we, we can't overlook it's not just mandates because you weren't mandated right you didn't get to the point where you absolutely had to do it there was no gun to your head no but your just, life was so uncomfortable yeah, yeah. that it felt that the pressure was immense right i mean they're wanting to stick stuff up your nose twice a week you know so you can have a job and you can go to school yeah. and so then the pressure was what it was and you made the choice to do it mm -hmm. right that's not a choice. You know, being pressured into a choice is not a whole lot different than a mandate. And so I want anybody listening to this episode to recognize that it's not just mandates. It is that we in this country are supposed to be free, period. And what we put in our bodies of all the things that we could possibly have removed from us, the right to choose what gets put into our bodies and then maybe even more importantly, the right to open our mouths and have our voices heard mm -hmm. and not be um, discarded, as we call this yeah. podcast. Because, you know, from my, my shoes, for two years I've been podcasting on my other show, Vitality Radio, mm -hmm. talking about mandates, talking about the vaccines being rushed <laughs> too fast, talking about how everything coming out of government and pharma seemed like a completely... Um, disconnected message and there was no uh, rhyme or reason to it other than coercion and pressure and and uh, and mandates and when I see the real damage from those things face to face like mm -hmm. this with you I recognize there's a lot of work to be done in this country yeah. and uh, a lot that needs to change and so the fact that you've flown all the way across <laughs> the country from New York to uh, Los Angeles to fight this fight. I honor that and I appreciate it Thank very, you. very much. What else would you like to share with our audience? I think one big thing that took me off guard and I think people need to know is I asked the infectious disease doctor that ran the trial at Upstate Hospital in New York. Um, you know, when you run these trials, do you do genetic testing on everyone in this trial to see if they have a reaction? Like, what's the similarity? His response to me, and I just over replaced and replaced my mind, was that it's too expensive. That would cost too much money. Because it'd be like five hundred or a thousand dollars more a person. I'm like, what? I mean, we got in. What are they making? These pharmaceutical companies are making so much more from this yeah. that you can't spend that much more on a trial patient just to make sure you save know someone what, life. Yeah. Well, Pfizer was the vaccine, right? Yeah. yeah. They, they, they got thirty-six billion dollars uh, from that vaccine in the first year. So we're spending thousands on treatment trying to absolutely. reverse it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the excuses, there are no excuses. There are no good excuses. Mm -hmm. There's all kinds of excuses floating around, but there are no good ones. And we are talking about, you know, real human life and real human trial and and someone like yourself especially, it's at your age with everything that you had going in in front of you, you know, it's just it even feels more tragic, but all of these stories that I'm hearing are just uh 
they're devastating, and yet, again, I see you with a smile on your face. I mean, look at this. This is crazy. <laughs> it's amazing. These are amazing, beautiful, powerful people whose voices need to be heard. So please, if you listen to this and you appreciate what you're hearing and it's touching your heart, please share this message. It needs to get out there. We need to recognize what is happening to us in this country, to real people, our brothers and sisters, and put an absolute stop to it because it has gone way past too far. Mm -hmm. Agreed. All right. Well, thank you so much thank for you. joining me, Jamie <laughs> yes, and Juliana. Yes. Um, we will be in touch uh, after this. And, uh, of course, we'll be out there fighting and rallying with you tomorrow. Thank Perfect. you. <laughs> thank you for listening to the Dearly Discarded podcast. We encourage you to help break through the silence and share this episode with your friends and family. It's time for these stories to not only be told, but to be heard. For more information, head to react19.org and dearlydiscardedpod.com. The Dearly Discarded Podcast is produced by Jared St. Clair and Michaela Hyde with support from React 19. We'll be back next week with another true story from one who lives it. Until then, join us on Team Humanity. Keep an open mind, seek the truth, and share these stories. Most of all, Open your mouth. Silence won't change anything. React 19 needs your support. We're a grassroots nonprofit created by the COVID vaccine injured for the COVID vaccine injured. React 19 provides physical support through scientific research and physician referrals, financial support to those most in need for uncovered medical expenses, and emotional support by growing a community that's focused on compassionate advocacy, hope, fellowship, and improving lives. We can only do these things with your support. Your donation is tax deductible and any amount is greatly appreciated. You can also sign up for automatic monthly donations. The vaccine injured have been marginalized, censored, and discarded, but they have not been broken. Help them rise to the challenge today. Visit react19.org for more information or simply text the word REACT to 50155 and donate via text. <laughs>